Before getting started with today's episode of Beyond the Books with Cindy Wilhite, just want to give a quick shout out to the person who made my logo. That is Brett Laus. And if you were listening to earlier episodes of this podcast, he actually has a new website. So please check it out at www.brett-laus.squarespace.com. That is www.brettlaus.squarespace.com. Also, quick reminder, if you want to see the pictures and videos used during this episode of Beyond the Books, go to the YouTube version of this episode. Go to youtube.com, search Beyond the Books Med Sydney, and you'll be able to find the episode there. Enjoy today's episode of Beyond the Books with Cindy Wilhite. Originally recorded on June 25th, 2020. Today's forecast, 81 degrees under mostly sunny skies. Perfect conditions for a podcast. Good evening, everyone. My name is Alex Chong. Welcome to episode nine of Beyond the Books, where we go deep into the backgrounds and stories of our, fav- of our future healthcare heroes. And tonight we have a very, very special guest. She hails from a very interesting named town located in, I think, the smallest county in Indiana. Um, hailing from Rising Sun, Indiana, here's Cindy Wilhite. Cindy, how are you? I'm good. How are you tonight, Alex? I'm doing very well. All right, Sydney, we have one mission for you today. Would you like to hear what that is? Absolutely. All right, Sydney, our mission today is that we're going to prove that you, Sydney Wilhite, are more than just a medical student. How does that sound? That sounds good to me. All right, Sydney, are you ready to get started? Yeah, let's do it. Perfect. So as I said in the intro, you grew up in a town called Rising Sun, Indiana. And That's true. In the last episode, I interviewed um, Zach Patton, and he also came from a relatively small town. However, mm-hmm. your town's a little bit bigger. Your town is about 2,100 people. I think Remington has about 1,100 people. Uh, but I kind of want you to start off with the same question I asked him, and just kind of tell me, what was it like kind of growing up in a smaller town located in the smallest county in Indiana? First, I'm impressed that you know it's the smallest county in Indiana. You've really been doing your research. Um, I mean, I feel like it's kind of what people think a small town is like, where like everybody knows everybody and everybody knows everything about everyone. Um, wow, I hate that fountain also. Do you really? Okay, we'll, we'll get into that. But, we'll uh, get to that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like for me especially, it was kind of different because my parents moved there like after like later in life they aren't from there and pretty much everyone else is kind of related or knows each other so it was a little bit like an outsider I guess sometimes um but yeah it's there's a lot of good people and there's always someone that's got your back if you need it so yeah it's nice but eventually they got to know people because they're at least one of your parents is a dentist right they actually both are yes they both are dentists yes I'm sure Mm -hmm. they were able to make their way into the community through that way um, by being sure. Dentist. I mean, through patients and things like that. Absolutely. Um, yeah. That's actually why they moved to Rising Sun. There was not a dentist prior to them moving there. So, oh, wow. So they were the first. Decision. Yeah. My dad wow. is from like Southern Indiana and he wanted to live in that area. He likes like outdoorsy things and stuff like that. So he wanted land. And so that kind of just like worked out to be the plan. But uh, yeah. Very cool. All right. Tell me what your grievance is about because I thought this looked pretty cool. I don't know. When I saw it on Google Images, I thought, oh, this is so nice. It's along the river bank. There's a little river walk and everything. But what's your grievance against this fountain here? It's ugly. Are you looking at <laughs> it? looks like someone took it and drug it out of the nasty river and just pulled it up there and put it on the side of the street. Um, yeah, it's like a whole dilemma with the town, kind of. like when they. It's oh. really expensive when they did it. And I mm. think that it was made out of like, copper or some kind of metal at first but it was supposed to turn that greenish color that it appears to be now um but then they've taken it out recently because the water didn't work anymore or something i'm not exactly sure it's not there it's just nothing right at this moment but then like some people in town were so angry and there's even a facebook page like bring back the fountain and (laughs) there's a lot of mixed opinions i just think it's ugly so you are your pro get take away the fountain yeah, why don't you just put like a fountain that just shoots water out? I don't know. <laughs> That's true. Like when I said that this looks nice, I was more talking about the rising sun, like little picture at the bottom. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah, even when I look at this, I can't tell what that fountain is, to be quite honest. Um, well, 
It's a tree, but personally, I think oh, it's a tree. Crash out of the river, but I don't know. <laughs> but yeah, no, the riverfront is pretty nice there, and there's a nice walkway and stuff. And I've like run by there and run those stairs and things and stuff sometimes. So that area is fine when the river's pretty, at least. But got you. It's kind of kind of gross sometimes. So speaking of um, rising sun, kind of the local scene there. There's actually a um, website for tourists, and I kind of looked at the restaurant section. Yeah. So um. Tell me if any of these places um, you enjoy eating at. Do you enjoy getting pizza from Snappy Tomato? Do you enjoy getting breakfast from Jack's Place? Do you like the ice cream from Paddy Wagons? Like, what's your take on kind of the local um, food there? Snappy pizza? I haven't had it in a long time. We used to get it all the time when I was, like, in high school because they have, like, this big beast pizza. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about. but it's No, I have like, no idea what you're talking about. It's the biggest pizza you've ever seen in your life like it's comparable to like three large pizzas I think okay I'm not sure but they would get it all the time and like for sports teams and stuff we got it for basketball all the time and things um it's it's average pizza it's fine I <laughs> haven't been there since high school if that tells okay. you it's not like a restaurant <laughs> it's just carry out got you um what was the second one you mentioned I said Jack's place I think oh, it's like Jack's a place. place um yeah. a lot of people really like it it's very much like a hometown diner feel um I it's okay. It's okay. Yeah. I, I wouldn't choose to go there, but I go there sometimes with other people. It's a lot of older people like go there like every single day to like gossip and drink their coffee, just mm -hmm. like I think you would expect. Mm -hmm. Um, the paddy wagon, yeah. I mean, I love ice cream, so yeah. I can't complain about that. Yeah. And it's right down on the river. So sometimes get ice cream and then like walk down and sit on the river. So was there another place that I haven't mentioned that I used to like that you used to like to go to when um you grew up there? Um, there is a Mexican restaurant. It's actually like really close to this picture, right? Where mm -hmm. we're looking. Um, and that's, it was called Acapulco's, but now I think it's Tequila's. Yes. I um, think that's why I recognized from the website. Yeah. I still call it Acapulco's, even though I know that's wrong. But, um, yeah, that's the place that I definitely went the most. Got you. And you know what? It's kind of funny that you mentioned that there was a little bit of a debate with the fountain and the archway and those kind of things. Cause you mentioned, cause it did cost a lot of money to make. Sure. But perhaps something that's maybe even more controversial than this is the Rising Star Casino that they built in 1996. Mm -hmm. Because like when I think of like a small, charming town and all of a sudden you have this casino there, um, you know, it sticks out a little bit. So this is the spicy hot take corner where you get to deliver spicy take to oh. maybe not such a spicy question. Okay. And then the spicy question I have for you is, what are your thoughts of a casino um, being in your town? Do you like it because like there's, it's another thing to go to and um, it's really nice looking, et cetera, or do you not like it because it kind of um, wrecks the calm scenery of Rising Sun? Um, I think that Rising Sun without the casino would probably not have like anything there anymore so I kind of think the casino keeps the town alive I think it would be more of a retirement town without it so I think I'm a fan personally yes mm -hmm. um I do enjoy gambling probably a little bit too much uh -huh. <laughs> so um I you know I'm a fan also um I worked at the golf course that is owned by the casino for five years so they employed mm -hmm. me for a long time so definitely gotta say I'm a fan of that and yeah, I mean, it gives you something to do and it does have like a restaurant inside of it, which is nice. It gives you like one more place since there's pretty much, as you notice, not much um, in the town. So yeah, there, I'm a fan. Is there something that people don't quite, because I couldn't imagine that a golf course is pretty hard to maintain and manage and keep it running. Is there something that is um, a lot to do as far as like upkeeping the golf course that a lot of clientele just don't recognize? Oh gosh. Yeah. Um, I didn't work on like the maintenance side of things. I was, um, like a cart girl. I got people's bags out of the cars and loaded them up for and washed people's clubs, things like that, clean stuff, put it away at night. Um, but the maintenance people there, I mean, they're there super early in the morning. They work really hard, um, late at night sometimes. Yeah. Just a lot, a lot of maintenance and a lot of time. And the golfers do not care like in the morning like if they're still mowing like the green somewhere and the golfers catch up to them because they're playing so fast they'll just like hit it straight at the people working oh my god so you know people aren't the nicest but 
And the town though too, um, I don't know if you knew this from looking it up, but the town on either side of us too, both have casinos also. So from where like my house, this casino is less than 10 minutes, but there's two other ones less than 30 minutes from me also, because it used to be the law that they all had to be actually in the river to technically mm. be a casino. And so oh. there's just a bunch of them down there. Be I don't know, some loophole, right? If you put it on a boat, so it's like literally on a boat in the middle of the river still, but it doesn't yeah. move anymore. Is it called like Grand Victoria? Victoria or something like Grand that? Grand Victoria is the former name of Rising Star. It got bought out oh, okay. by a different company, but mm -hmm. there's Belterra that's um, on the other side in Switzerland County. I think it's in Florence, Indiana. And then in Lawrenceburg, there's Hollywood Casino, which used to be Argosy. I don't know if you saw any of that when you were looking it up. But. I, I have not. So you're saying that there's three casinos in the smallest county in Indiana. Well, only one of them is in Ohio County, but Ohio County is so small that everything else is very close by. Gotcha, so even though it's not far of a ride, um, it's still technically in a different county. Yeah, absolutely. Gotcha. Ohio County is like very, very, very small. Gotcha. And um, yeah, we're, we're, how was the clientele at this golf course? Were a lot of them kind of fussy or were they all pretty nice? Um, or were they just kind of like, indifferent towards um, employees like you who are just kind of uh, managing their stuff for them? Um, you get a little bit of both. So like a lot of the clientele, there are people who get to play for free because they gambled so much and basically lost so much money. So yeah. then they kind of are entitled. They're like, well, I gambled this much money last night, so I deserve <laughs> this. And I'm like, I didn't force you to throw your money on the table. Like, that's your problem. Yeah. Um, but then we got a lot of, um, they have like some packages where you can stay at the hotel and stuff too. And so there would be a lot of bachelor parties. Mm -hmm. um they are very wild very inappropriate the old men are very inappropriate too oh no um, but there's some like members who would just be there every day who are really cool and stuff and like the job I worked I worked for tips so you know you got to put uh -huh. on a smile no matter what anybody says to you and just act like it's great even when these old men are hitting on you and being <laughs> super creepy yeah that's the name of customer service isn't it <laughs> it is it yeah. teaches you a lot did you, yeah, well, what was one of the things that you've learned uh, from that experience? I feel like just how to deal with people, even like how rude they are or however mm -hmm. they treat you, just to always be like, act like you're having a good day and act happy and say something nice and just like find little ways to like talk to people or, you know, like you see like, oh, they have a team thing on their clubs or they have this, like, if you get talking to them, you know, that's how you make your money. So that's you. All right, Sydney, let's move on to the next topic here. So you were saying that how like kind of everybody knows everybody in Rising Sun. So maybe without a doubt, they were talking about the success that you were having at Rising Sun High School. A couple of things, um, you were valedictorian of your high school class, which is awesome. Um, and you mentioned that you used to play basketball, and I think you mm -hmm. also ran cross country as well but perhaps the biggest sport that you had was softball. So I kind of want to talk about that for a little bit. Sure. So go Shiners. Um, and according to your um, profile here, you were doing quite well. You had a .345 average. So you were absolutely just raking it on the field there. And um, you also played three positions, shortstop, catcher, and third base. Mm -hmm. uh, was there one? Well, first of all, I'm kind of curious why um, – what led to the situation where you kind of had to juggle those three positions at once? Sure. So starting out, um, catching was my favorite, and that's what I played on my travel team that I played with in the summers. And so that's where I started my freshman year. Um, and I played there like the whole season. Oh, goodness. <laughs> Throwback right there. Yes. Um, but then we didn't really have any strong infielders, I guess like to play shortstop and third base when I became a sophomore. And there's a girl the year below me who is also a good catcher, but she wasn't like, that was her pretty much only position that she played. So um, gave that position to her so that I could take a different position um, for the team. Which, um, at the time, wasn't my favorite thing in the world to do, but I enjoy just playing whatever I got to do. Um, I played third base very limited. Um, ended up trading with another girl. We just traded positions there, but Got you some more of a temporary role there. Yeah, because um, I think we traded because I had a better arm and shortstop was like a farther throw to first base. So that gotcha. was... But you were mostly catcher, right? Or at least that was your favorite? That was my favorite, but I only played that really my freshman year, I think. And then I think sophomore, junior, senior year, I played shortstop pretty much all the time. 
Gotcha. So help me understand as like a non-softball or even non-baseball player. Mm-hmm. So what's, can you kind of break down the kind of communication that needs to be had between a pitcher and a catcher? Because you're just flashing, you know, fingers and certain signs and those kind of sure. things. You got to make sure that the opposite team doesn't read your signs. Um, so can you kind of explain the complexities of that um, maneuver? Yeah, um, I feel like the most important thing is having a pitcher and catcher relationship that like where you know the person really well, like I can look at your face and I can know like, you're annoyed, you're not going to throw that pitch, like, you're not even going to listen no matter what I say. So just kind of knowing like what they're expecting. And then and just in terms of like trying to make sure that no one steals your signs. I mean, like, always using my glove to put it on like the one side of your leg to kind of block that and just keeping your hand as far um, back as you can so that it's not out in the open. But um, the pitcher-catcher relationship, I feel like, is the most important thing in communication there. You got to make sure it's somebody you like, because if you don't, it does not work out. <laughs> it doesn't well. work out. <laughs> um, yeah, and can you kind of explain, too, like, how do you decide in your mind, like, what pitch and where to throw it on the plate and those kind of things? Because you're kind of the one at least suggesting a recommendation at the very minimum. Sure. Um, so how do you, can you kind of explain how that kind of works? So definitely depends like where you are in the lineup. So like, you know, my third and fourth batter, I expect to be the biggest hitters on the team. So I'm going to throw them more junk pitches, kind of, you know, things that I think that they can't really get a good hold of. Um, Other players, you know, that you aren't, don't think are as strong of hitters, kind of give your pitcher a little break on throwing all those ones that are rougher on their arm. Um, Just kind of trying to remember like, okay, I remember this girl last time hit an inside pitch really well. So like, she's not going to get another one or whatever like that and then um coaches were a big help with that they'd keep a whole record of like every pitch that the pitcher threw um and what the result of that was so then they you know just kind of going off that I feel like was the biggest thing is just knowing who the player is and at least in high school you see the same people a lot of times where I start to remember I'm like oh I know this girl um you know I know she hits this pitch well so she's getting every pitch in her eyes or whatever you know thing that I know she'll chase so it's just a lot of studying the players I guess yeah, a lot of study, a lot of memorizing too, recognizing mm-hmm. which um, where the cold zones are, where the hot zones are, and all of those. And it, yeah, it definitely depends on the umpire too. Like if they're giving you one side of the plate or the other, you know, you're going to utilize whichever one you can get more. So. So do you have a list in your mind of like, oh, this umpire has a very narrow zone, or this sure. umpire it's very. Wide. Or I'm like, oh, this umpire loves the outside corner, so like <laughs> we're going to go for that, whatever it may be. Yeah, absolutely. And is it better to have an umpire with a wide zone or a narrow zone for well, like? Depends your... if you're the pitcher or the batter, I guess. Right. So right. I prefer. So I mean, always for me, just someone who is fair. Like, give me the corners, the edge. Should I want it to count as a strike? Mm-hmm. But like, nothing that's unreachable. I guess either direction. So. Right, and I guess be consistent too. Right, making. Sure yeah, just same. consistent both ways, and that doesn't seem to work out very well. <laughs> but it's really hard. I've been an umpire, and that's a tough job. Oh, you're an umpire as well. Mm-hmm. I yeah, did that okay, sometimes cool. in the summers, like for little leagues, but I mean, some of those parents still are, they are very serious. Do you have one story in mind that you kind of remember? Um, yeah, I can remember one time there was a situation where there was like a person running the bases got hit by the ball. Okay. And so, you know, then the one of the parents was like arguing with me about whether I made, I was the field umpire at this point, arguing with me about what the right call was on this, blah, 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 blah. Um, just like absolutely screaming and whatever. And then they were really mad. Then like the, it was actually my high school softball coach who ran the leagues and he came over and was like, no, like she was right. And then they were just even more mad because, well, because they were just mad that I was right, I guess. (laughs) So what's the rule, right? They just go to first base, right? Isn't that the rule if they get hit by a pitch? Well, if you get hit by a pit or no hit by um, like the batter, the person was going from first to second, it was off the bat. Um, And if Uh. you run into it, like you're out. So. Got you, got you. Yeah, because that's interference, kind of, Exactly, right? exactly. Got you. Which, I mean, it's a hard thing. Like, sometimes you don't see it coming. I mean, it happens to everybody, but it still doesn't change the, the call, you know? Got you. Yeah, that's interesting. You got to see both sides as, like, the actual catcher. Yeah. And also as the umpire as well. Yeah. And yeah. the Little League pitchers are, like, gosh, they're not good either. So it's, like, <laughs> how big do I make my strike zone? Just make it as a wide well. at some point. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just going to be like four balls, like the entire. The yeah, entire and then like that's not fun either. <laughs> At least um, when you have the coach pitch one, then the coach gets to come in and throw something that someone can actually hit. So I preferred that. 
Got you. Can you explain to me what it was like being on the same team as your younger sister? Because I think your younger sister was with you for, I think, one year. Mm -hmm. And then she played second base, shortstop, and outfield. So she played three kind of different positions. But what was it like having your sister on your team? Was there, what, did it help that like, you have someone support there? Or was there kind of more of a rivalry there? No, not a rivalry at all. My sister and I are like best friends. So I almost brought this up earlier when you're asking me about softball. Um, her playing there was definitely an awesome experience just to get to be on the same team. And like, um, we won a sectional together and a regional. And so just those experiences. Um, and she was injured actually most of the season. So that was her freshman year, my senior year. But she came back for, she broke her hand, but then she was back oh, wow. at the end of the season and got to play like all the playoff games and stuff. So it was, it was awesome. I have to say no rivalry. Good. Good. And there yeah. were a couple sets of sisters on the team. So. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. Oh, very cool. Very cool. And yeah, she seemed to have a full four years as well, just like uh, you did as well. So that's really, really cool. She does. All right. All right. Let's get out of high school, Sydney. How does that Absolutely. sound? Okay. We'll leave <laughs> so, that in the past. <laughs> but a really cool, a really cool pass nonetheless. Um, Sydney, would you like to play a game? Oh, absolutely. All right. So. I was um, talking with your boyfriend, Bryce, who we will talk about later in this podcast. Oh, and you know, I was asking, like, is there like a TV show or like a movie or maybe a certain food that Sydney really likes? And his answer was chicken tenders. Can you, <laughs> I confirm, knew you, say that. <laughs> can you confirm this with me? So you're a big I fan can of chicken tenders? Absolutely confirm chicken tenders. All right. But we all know that chicken tenders. The chicken itself is only half the equation here for a good oh, chicken sure. tenders meal. You got to have a good sauce with the chicken tenders. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. So we're going to play Rank That Sauce. I have a list of sauces here um, that are classically aligned with chicken tenders. But however, <laughs> feel free to add your own sauce if um, there's another sauce that you feel like you even like more. I'll see what you've got first. Yeah, let me pull up the screen here because I made a little slide can you see this sydney oh you're so organized yeah so i have a list of sauces that i found some of them i saw were odd but like maybe it's normal and i'm just i think i've got some hot there. takes about some of these already all right so um yeah take a minute there to look at the sauces here and i'm going to ask you what you think third place goes to what do you think second place goes to and what your first place goes on here um so yeah we got barbecue sauce honey mustard for those of you listening ranch sweet and sour ketchup regular mustard, buffalo sauce, mayo, and gravy. All right, Sydney, you think you got your top three Absolutely. in mind here? All right, Sydney. So what is your third place brown bronze trophy chicken tender sauce? I'm probably going to get judged for this, but I'm going to say ketchup. Ketchup. Okay. It's a classic one. All right. Yeah. Maybe, maybe better known for being with um, french Fry. fries. Yeah. All right, so give us a take. Like, why? What is it about ketchup that goes so well with chicken tenders? I mean, I feel like it's just classic, right? Like, it goes with my fries. It can go with pretty much anything. So, like, and I'm kind of picky, I guess. So, like, a lot of the sauces on this list, I would, <laughs> would not. not I would not eat. I'll get to that in a minute. Okay, yeah, we'll get that in a second. Okay, so ketchup's number three. All right, what's number two? What's I'm gonna say honey thing? mustard. Honey mustard. All right, very yeah. cool. I love honey mustard. I put it on a lot of things. I feel like that's pretty, maybe, maybe exotic is not the right word, but when you said that you're kind of picky, I thought, oh, okay, maybe honey mustard is not, not her. I feel thing. like my pickiness is like going to be unexpected when I tell you what I hate though. Got you. <laughs> All right. So honey we got, mustard, it's my favorite salad dressing too. A salad dressing. Really? <laughs> Ooh, that's a hot take there. I say. I know it would be. That's why I shared it with you. <laughs> All right, and then so we got third place is ketchup, third second place is honey mustard. Sydney, what is in your opinion the chicken tender expert? What is the best sauce that can go with chicken tenders? I'm gonna say barbecue sauce. Okay, awesome. All right, so barbecue sauce can go in a lot of different directions, right? You have like mm -hmm. a tangy barbecue sauce. You can have a really sweet one. Um, is there like a specific type of barbecue sauce, or maybe a restaurant that has a really good kind of barbecue sauce that you enjoy um both of those so I like sweet baby ray's barbecue sauce that's like what's mm -hmm. always in my fridge that I eat on all kinds of things mm -hmm. and um my favorite barbecue sauce is probably from buffalo Louis. I like their medium barbecue sauce because it's kind of like mixed with hot sauce I guess so it's a little spicy that's my favorite 
Got you. All right. So there you have it. Third place ketchup, second place honey mustard, and first place barbecue sauce. All right. Let's get to the other side here. And you, you mentioned that there are some sauces on here that would just be an abomination if they went with chicken tenders here. Can you, can you give me some examples here? Um, well, the number one abomination on my list is ranch. Wow. Okay. And like in general, not just on chicken tenders. Like I don't eat ranch at all. I hate it. You're from the Midwest though, aren't I you? know. Like, right? Everybody, like, oh, in high school, everybody used to put on their pizza. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you people? I don't know. I just don't even like the smell of ranch. I don't mm-hmm. even like to look at it and just don't want it around me. <laughs> is there another sauce on here that you're like, why? Like, why? Um, mayo? Yeah, that was an odd one for me, too, to be fair. I mean, definitely weird on chicken tenders, but... I just don't like it in general, and my, this is probably a hot take also, my least favorite thing about mayo is the noise it makes when you spread it on a sandwich. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but now I'm thinking about it. That's very fair. <laughs> that is very fair. Um, okay, so the last question I have about these chicken tender sauces. So, you know, these are like the basic sauces here. Mm-hmm. But if you really want to, you can get super elaborate. You can have like avocado ranch or you can have garlic parmesan or you can have um i don't know like asian zing sauce or something like that is there one kind of like fancy sauce that you kind of enjoy or do you more enjoy just the classics here i am probably just gonna stick with barbecue like all the time yeah especially if it's medium barbecue. and like i don't know it's just a classic and it's good and pretty much anywhere i get barbecue even though it's different everywhere like i still enjoy it so it's a safe bet, I guess. And do you have a go-to place to get your chicken tenders? Mm, I really like Chick-fil-A. But Chick-fil-A, that's yeah. Favorite. Chick-fil-A is really good. Do you like the Chick-fil-A sauce? It's okay, but I it's still okay. use barbecue sauce. You still use barbecue. All right, there you have it. There, those were a lot of spicy takes in this episode so far. <laughs> I'm enjoying this. So there you have it for the chicken tender sauces here. Going to stop sharing. Um, all right, so... We're going to move on to, actually, we have a second game on here. Oh, um, Because you have this tendency to run into these famous athletes. And um, I just kind of want to know the backstory of each of these things. Um, so I'm going to show you a picture of an athlete that you met. And then I just kind of want to know, like, how did this happen? And what was it kind of like meeting this athlete? Okay. So okay. Um, this one, this first one is from 2014. Um, he is... I think at least for our generation, one of the biggest IU basketball players. Uh, that this has, is my husband. That has passed through the building. Apparently it's Sydney's husband. Sorry, Bryce. Um, <laughs> he knows. <laughs> he knows, okay. Uh, so um, yeah, I'm gonna show you the, the picture here. Obviously I am talking about Victor Oladipo. So Sydney, how did this occur? This is so cool. I look so young in that picture. But um, yeah, so my high school softball team came to IU to watch um, softball and baseball games. And this is like where the fields used to be before they were so fancy as they are now. But he just happened to be there watching the games. And so I went over and was like, can I please get a picture with you? I love you. you know? <laughs> I did not say I love you. I'm just kidding. But yeah, he was super as super chill and cool as I imagine as I imagined him to be. Oh yeah, he was super nice. Um, I know Derek Elston was there too. This is Mm -hmm. funny. So my coach like loved Derek Elston and then he, like my softball coach, he used to write him letters and mail them to him before every game. (laughs) Did he really? Yeah, they like became kind of friends, I guess. I don't know. He's a really nice guy too. Gotcha, so he responded to these letters. Yeah, yeah. Cool, very cool. That's very, very cool. All right, so there's Victor Oladipo. And you actually- husband. Yes, your future husband. You gotta get that in there. <laughs> um, but you actually are so lucky to run into two IU basketball players in the same year, 2014. Um, this one, maybe not as well known as Victor Oladipo, but you did run into him right outside of Urban Outfitters mm-hmm. on um, Kirkwood Avenue. So, Sydney, what was it like meeting Tim Priller? He's so tall. Basketball? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's my freshman year roommate, too. Um, that was actually right after a basketball game. We were going to get food or something, and he was just walking down the street with his girlfriend, and um, we got her to take a picture of us. Did you also tell him, I, lo- I love you? <laughs> no, but I mean, I did chant Tim, or Tim Preller plenty of games. So. Oh, did you? Oh, very nice. Very, very nice. 
So um, yeah, you have this tendency to run into these uh, athletes here. So um, was it was it kind of for both Vic, for both Victor Oladipo and Tim Priller, like was it a little bit nerve wracking, like walking up to them? Because like I don't know, like if I saw them, I would get a little bit nervous of like trying to talk to him or was it like oh my god it's him and it just kind of dashed towards um the player um I guess I just kind of like had always heard that I guess the basketball players at least at IU were pretty nice I think when Tom Green was the coach he kind of forced them to be so I guess I wasn't super worried about it um I think my roommate's actually the one that went and hit up him but he wasn't like the most popular person anyway so I wasn't Mm. too especially because this was pretty early I think before like people became a big fan of his later on um so I don't know I just assumed he would be nice and didn't worry about it maybe I should (laughs) have no but they they I think they're both from what at least I see on like social media things they seem to be really nice people yeah all right so I have one more for you so maybe you didn't meet this person you didn't meet this athlete person to person but he's a pretty world-renowned athlete, and you're literally standing maybe just a couple feet behind him. Um, so what do you remember about meeting Phil Mickelson, or not meeting Phil Mickelson, but like watching Phil Mickelson play golf at the BMW Championship? Yeah, um, I kind of forgot about that. Yeah, you're on TV. Wow. There you are Look right that. there. Yes. There that are. is me. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's pretty cool to watch them in person because I feel like golfing doesn't seem that impressive um, on TV and in person. It's it's pretty cool. So, yeah, very how, impressive to see these people playing. How intense uh, were the people to be like, you got to be quiet. Like, this golfer is about to make a shot. Yeah, very. Um, so there would like be the people walking around and then they like, hold up signs when you have to start being quiet and things like that. But of course, like the people on the holes next to it aren't always on the same page. So people get a little, a little upset sometimes, but for the most part, they do a pretty good job of controlling everybody and keeping it pretty chill, but they're very serious. Like when they hold up their sign, if you're not quiet, you better be quiet. <laughs> All right, Stacey, I, I know you already met um, your dream husband, Victor Oladipo, but Good. if you could have one more celebrity, it doesn't have to be sports, any celebrity run in, um, who would be like the dream to like run into and have like a five minute conversation with? Hmm. I don't know. Um, I'm going to say Zac Efron just because he's really hot. Yeah, you know what, too? He's done a lot of movies. He's done a lot of different movies. It'd be really cool to kind of talk to him about that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right, Sydney. Uh, Let's move on to... um, Oh, no, actually, no, I have one more picture. So this is not a person, but this was an event that you went to just last year. Uh, You went to a taping of a certain TV show. And uh, I kind of want to hear what it was like seeing the behind the scenes um, of this TV show. So... Sydney, what do you remember about seeing the taping of American Ninja Warrior? Yeah, um, super fun. The athletes are really um, impressive to watch, and it's a good time. Um, the thing I think that like you don't think about is it's really a lot slower in person than like when they you know clip it all together on TV. But it was definitely a cool experience, and we got to sit really close to um, one of the parts that they were trying to get through that they were all struggling with. So it was a really up close view of that. Um, And they film everything at night because they have to do it when it's dark outside for whatever their camera work. So it starts at like, I don't know, 11 PM or something like that really late. So it's definitely a different experience in that way too, but it was really fun. So for those who don't know, what exactly is American Ninja Warrior? Um, just a bunch of athletes I guess and they set up this course of obstacles basically that they try and get through um, and reach the end and um, try and beat each other's times and then at the end of the like they go to a bunch of cities and then there's if you make it through your cities then you get to go to like a finals I think it's always in Las Vegas. That's true and um, I know like a lot of your family went along with you and Kyla in this picture so was it um was it your doing that got you to the taping or was it another family member that uh, got you there? Um, my sister-in-law's uncle is actually the executive producer for American Ninja Warrior. Oh, wow. No, so really. She got us the tickets. Yeah. Wow. That's awesome. I know. It's pretty crazy. 
And uh, Sydney, do you ever have the dream of competing on American Ninja Warrior? You know, I'm not going to say no, because I think it would be really fun. What would, you think, what would you think would be the, of the obstacles that you saw during this taping, uh, mm-hmm. what would you think would be the toughest obstacle for you to clear? Um, I feel like it's going to be at the end. I feel like there's always like an upper body strength one mm-hmm. or like they have to, you know, like move something up a ladder or something like that. And I feel like by then, like I'd be tired. And I think that that's, especially, I think the women seem to struggle a lot more because of like their arm span and things like that too. So I definitely think that'd be the hardest part. That's just so. Keep an eye out. Maybe Sydney Wilhite will be on an episode of American Ninja Warrior. Give me a few years. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Now we can be done with this portion here because I do want to move on to um, another topic here. So let me get okay. rid of this. Okay. So I got to say, the Wilhite family knows how to travel because you guys have been to a lot of cool places as a family. Um, but I think the one place where you guys go to the most is a little place called Holden Beach, North Carolina. You're um, dad. Yes. Yeah, so you guys have been there quite often, and you guys have been there since um, as far as as far back as I can reach, 2011. So at least um, eight years, eight nine years now. Um, so yeah, what can you tell me about Holden Beach, and why is it so? Uh, why is it a frequent destination for the Wilhite family? First, I'm sad that you're letting everyone in on my secret favorite beach. I don't (laughs) know about it. (laughs) No, I'm just kidding. Um, Second, I'm sad because my whole family is there right now, actually. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. So I wish I could go, but um, I couldn't with all the school things going on and whatever. And I had to get my TB test read on Monday. And then I looked into getting flights after that. And the shortest one was like 27 hours. And it's only a 12-hour drive. So like that doesn't even make any sense. Right, right. Um. So 2011's the last, um, but I was definitely there, I don't know, I've been there so many times, um, since, my parents started going there before I was even ever born, but oh, wow. I was there, like, as an infant, and things like that, so, um, my grandma, um, would always pay for everybody to go on vacation, like, the entire, like, my mom's whole side of the family, and so we would all just go there every year, that was kind of our time, because, you know, we don't all live enough close together to see each other enough so that was always one time a year where like we got together and spent an entire week um we used to always do the fourth of july that was like the classic thing that we did we got away from it for a couple years and stuff um but it's just kind of a family traditional thing so yeah i know like my family's there this week and um there's actually two houses and like my aunt and uncle are staying in the same house as my parents and then my other aunt and uncle are in a different house and like all my cousins are starting to have kids so that's really fun too watching all the kids be there um playing and stuff now but i bet i've been there at least 15 times <laughs> yeah it's a quite quite an awesome place so yeah. um yeah it's, can you kind of describe holden beach a little bit like is it yeah like, yeah so it's not a touristy place at all. Like there are no high rise condos or anything like that. Um, it's all just houses along the beach. And so you just rent out like a whole house and then the beach in front of you is like private beach. Um, and there's some across the way, like on the canal and cause Holden beach is like, um, a little Island. You have to like take a bridge is the only way to get to the Island, um, from the main area. But I mean, there's not much there, which is why we like it because we just enjoy spending time with one another, hanging out on the beach, just, doing nothing basically so it's um yeah if you enjoy those kind of things it's a really good time yeah i mean that's such a great point because i think a lot of people i mean me myself included like we over focus a lot on like the place itself um like oh it's got to have all these like bright neon lights and like just hustling and bustling in every single corner um but sometimes no it's sometimes it's more the people that you're with um and uh yeah it's kind of it's cool that you guys had this tradition for such a long time um while you're at holden beach um was there was there like some sort of tradition that like the wilhite family does um every single year that you guys go to holden beach um no not necessarily it used to always just be tradition we'd go out to eat like one night um the whole time we were there and other than that that's pretty much like the only time we ever did anything besides just everybody hang out on the beach. Um, as I got older, we started renting a house with a pool also. So then like we'd hang out in the pool all night long, pretty much. Um, oh, cool. Very go crab cool. hunting at night. That was always a good time because someone would always get really scared. So. Oh, crab hunting. Yeah. Ah, talk about that. What? So you guys just kind of look out for crabs on along the beach or something? 
yeah, so I mean, just like kind of an excuse to go take a walk late at night, I guess. Um, and just try and find crabs. And then we would try and catch them in nets or just like with our bare hands or whatever we could put them in a bucket, take them back and show people. And then we just go <laughs> back out on the beach. <laughs> like there was really no reason to do it. I mean, we put them right back where they came from just yeah. to see how many you could get or like who could get the biggest one basically. And what's the biggest crab that you've ever personally caught? Um, most of them are pretty little, huh? I would say. Um, but there's sometimes like a different kind of crab and I don't know if you can see but maybe like this big. Okay. Yeah. Like yeah, bigger, yeah. as big as my hand, maybe. Got you. Got you. And um, they never pinched you guys or anything like that. Cause that'd be, um, that'd be the first thing I would think about. I've never been pinched, but people definitely have been pinched. <laughs> <laughs> got you. But Hey, what a cool tradition. Um, and yeah, it is a nice excuse to um, go to the beach at night. Um, see the, see the shining stars and everything and go some crab yeah. hunting. Yeah. Very cool. Um, okay. So we got Holden Beach down. Okay, so, I mean, hopefully next year you're able to go. Or, fingers yeah, crossed. Fingers crossed. Hopefully it will work out um, the next year. Um, but Holden Beach is not the only place with an, o- with an ocean or sea that you've been to that's pretty cool. Um, during your years at IU, you got to take part in a trip run by the biology department um, and you actually got to go scuba diving in the Cayman Islands mm-hmm. or in the Grand Caymans. So um, can you kind of explain, um, was that your first time ever scuba diving or did you know how to do it before? No, I took a class specifically because I got accepted to that program. So we all took a class together mm-hmm. um, here on campus. And that's where I learned to scuba dive and then went there and completed my training technically because you have to do some dives somewhere that's not a shallow pool. Um, so yeah, that was the first time I'd ever been. Definitely the best thing I ever did in undergrad. It was so much fun. Um, the class was surprisingly harder than I thought it might be, <laughs> but met some awesome people and had a really good time and learned a lot. So, gotcha. What Learn. was? What are? Can you give me some examples of just some of the things you saw while scuba diving in the Grand Caymans? I mean, the definitely the coolest thing was sharks. There were sharks that were probably um like 10 to 15 feet away from us and they're so chill they would just like swim by doing their own thing like they didn't care about us we didn't care about them mm-hmm. um saw some tiger fish those are kind of scary because they've got all their little i don't know <laughs> whatever fins, you call those i guess fins yeah i'm not sure yeah. what those would be called yeah um saw some sea turtles that was super cool mm-hmm. and then just all the coral and um that kind of stuff it's just the colors and it's just beautiful it's amazing so what was the trickiest part of learning how to scuba dive? Mm, probably learning how to like take your mask off underwater and put it back on and get it cleared out so that you could open your eyes again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So can you kind of run through the technique of that? Like what, what do you have to do? So I have my mask on. Sure. I want to clear the water from it. Like how would I do that? So I mean, um, generally, if you just like hold the top of your mask against your head and you tilt your head back and then blow bubbles, it'll blow the air into your mask. And so it'll fill it, like get rid of the water and fill it with air. Um, so that's the general technique to do it. Yeah, the, for training, they made us actually take it like all the way off and throw it away from us and then like oh, go goodness. find it, which is terrible. Cause like, I'm not gonna open my eyes underwater and I wear contacts anyway. So I'm like, definitely not gonna open my eyes underwater and then find it and put it back on. But typically if you get water and if you just tilt it back and blow some bubbles, it'll clear it out. And did you mention that you took some scuba diving lessons back at Indiana University? I did, yeah. Yeah, so I think some people might wonder, because obviously you can scuba dive in an ocean. Like, that's pretty, you have the thing right there. But I think people might be a little confused in how you can train for scuba diving in the middle of the Midwest. Um, So could you kind of explain um, how that worked out? Yeah, so it was a class where we took, like, I did online stuff to kind of learn about like what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And then once a week we would just go get in a pool in the like school of public health building there, some old pool. Um, and we would just kind of like test out the things, you know, make sure you can take your mask off, you know, swim without your air, um, just putting on and off all the things. And we put a boat even in the pool at one point, like practice rolling off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, Sometimes we just play games too. Like we'd like throw rings in the pool and be like, okay, you have to swim through without like any of your gear touching it. Because like, obviously you don't want to touch the coral and things when you're actually in the ocean. So just learning kind of how to maneuver yourself in a way that you're not going to tear up anything. And did you or your classmates ever get the, because I heard of the dreaded bends, right? Or whatever they're called. 
Um, did you or your classmates ever experience that? Nope. Good. We were always Thanks. super cautious and took the little break um, when you get closer to the surface and wait just to make sure that you're not coming up too quickly. Mm -hmm. um, your gear will start beeping at you if you're doing things you shouldn't be doing. So. Oh, really? There's a little yeah. beeping device that'll warn you if you're coming up too fast. Mm -hmm. Oh, cool. I didn't know that technology. They're pretty fancy. Got you. Got you. Very cool. Um, yeah. So if, so you've been to Grand Cayman Islands, check, mm -hmm. and you know how to scuba dive. Um, is there another place in the world that would just be like a dream to get some scuba, scuba diving gear on and um, uh, go scuba dive? Yeah, so I would love to see the Great Barrier Reef. That's definitely mm -hmm. something that is on um, my list of things that I'd like to do someday. Unfortunately, I guess the Great Barrier Reef is kind of disappearing because we're not taking care of things. So I mm -hmm. guess I need to get there sooner rather than later. Um, yeah, I mean, I'd love to go anywhere, but that's probably my number one place. Everyone that's says the Cayman Islands is like one of the best places in the world anyway, so I started there, so that was probably, you know, but oh well, that was yeah. a great experience. Yeah, what an awesome experience you got to do um, during your time at IU here. All right, Sydney, um, last thing I want to talk about, um, I said we would talk about this earlier, is your um, relationship with Bryce, because um, from what he told me, Tomorrow is actually um, six years, is it not? It is. That's accurate. Yeah, very cool. So um, can you just kind of start with um, how, how, how did you and Bryce meet? Um, so we went to school together since kindergarten, I guess. Mm -hmm. We never knew each other um, until high school, which is weird because there's like no one in my class. I'm not really sure mm -hmm. how we didn't know each other. Mm -hmm. um, and I was friends with people he was friends with, but um, so we became friends in high school at some point, and we were just always best friends throughout high school. Um, and then we were going to college and kind of just decided, let's go on a date and just see what happens. Because if not, like you're going to Ball State, I'm going to IU, you know, things are going to change anyway. So we just went for it. And yeah, here we are six years later. So yeah. 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 And I actually have a picture of you guys from, Oh goodness. I mean, I assume it's the first prom in 2013. And um, he had some interesting, he had an interesting attire. So I kind of want this to. This is going to um, be the white tux. It is the white tux. Yes, it is the white tux. I hate the white tux. <laughs> yeah, you, you, you don't look too pleased in that picture anyway. <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. <laughs> it's a bold yeah. choice. It is a bold choice. Because <laughs> he was insistent that he couldn't wear, because my dress, it looks pretty, not that dark there, but it was like kind of navy color. Uh -huh. And like was insistent that black wouldn't match with it. And I'm like, mm. fine, then wear gray. <laughs> Somehow we ended up with white. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. My, uh, my dad uh, at my uncle's wedding, he also wore, he also wore a white tux. And um, I just don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't vibe with it. It's not yeah. a good look. Yeah. I mean, I think it's to like be different, be unique, um, you know, kind of be the, conversation I guess of the of the occasion yeah and then I don't know you can kind of tell in this picture he like he used to tan a lot and he tans really uh -huh. easily uh -huh. and so then he's like tanning and he's wearing white and I'm like <laughs> I can't tan. I'm like the whitest person ever always anyways why are you doing this to me and it's literally the opposite <laughs> yeah like he walks out in the sun and he's like bronze and I walk out in the sun and I'm like red and my skin is peeling off the next day so it's not fair but <laughs> All right, Sydney. So obviously, um, six awesome years, which is um, very, very cool to see. Um, but something I'm curious about, because he's obvious, he is not in any healthcare field whatsoever. Right. Um, so is there something about med school that you kind of had to explain to him, um, whether it's like what you had to do every day or something like that? Yeah, I still have to explain it every day because he doesn't listen. <laughs> um, just like, I don't think anybody can understand it unless they're actually doing it. And so yeah. that's the nice thing about having friends like you. Um, but just like, no one believes like that you're really doing things as many hours a day as you really are. Mm -hmm. Or like how many times I've tried, we actually talked about this, I don't know, a couple days ago. Uh-huh, yeah. um, he doesn't understand at all how like the match program works. And he asks me all the time, like, well, where are you going to do your residency? And I'm like, I don't know. I don't even right. know where I'm going to apply. I don't even know what I want to do at this point. But like, you don't, you get what you get anyways, right? Like you just pray you get something. But let's flip, let's flip it to the other side as well. Like how refreshing is it to have someone that's not in the medical field? Yeah. 
that's super refreshing. Um, just nice to have, you know, someone ask you how your day is going and then tell you about their day that's completely different than yours and just, to, you know, gives you a whole a new thing to talk about. So he talks about all these business things where I'm like, mm. yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, is it interesting kind of hearing, because I don't know, like when I talk, obviously it's different relationship or just like friends, you know, but like, I don't know about you, but like when I'm talking with my friends, I'm like, tell me all the business things. Like, tell me all that. I, I want to hear it all because like, I don't want to talk about what I'm going through in med school. So I, like, you know, like uh, profits. Yeah. Like, tell me all about the profits and all the whatever things. So um, do you kind of feel the same way too, whenever you're talking to? Yeah. To yeah. I definitely, I like hearing about all the different things he's doing and um, then sometimes when I hear things from other people, I'm like, Hey, wait, I know what you're talking about, yeah. so, you know? <laughs> yeah. Very awesome. So, um, yeah. Awesome that you guys have made your six happy early six anniversary. Um, that's very Thank cool. You. And, um, yeah, hoping for some happy years ahead on that as well. All right, Sydney, um, we are almost out of time here. Okay. Um, yeah, so this has been a good episode. We talked about a lot of good things here. I'm not sure if there's something you wanted to, um, something to add about any anything that we've talked about. I can't think of anything. I think you got all the good things there, I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. So there you have it, folks. Um, we have completed our mission today. We have proved, without a doubt, that Sydney Wilhite is more than just a medical student. Um, Sydney, I want to thank you very much for um, doing this episode with me. Uh, I hope this has been a blast from the past, um, going through all of these things uh, together. Yeah, thank you for having me. It's been so fun. All right. All right, there you have it, folks. Um, please check out the other episodes available on Cultura, and uh, hopefully we'll be able to have um, other, other platforms to the podcast as well, working on currently in audio form. Um, I have an app downloaded, but before that, I need to have a logo for the podcast. So if you're listening to this and uh, either you want to create a logo or you know someone who wants to create a logo, uh, please let me know. And uh, we'll definitely um, get a partnership worked out from that. So that's all I have tonight and uh, have a good evening. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for checking out this episode of Beyond the Books. To see the other episodes, go ahead and check out Beyond the Books Med on either YouTube or Spotify. All right, everyone, have a great day.